Christopher Day and King Gu once said, Firstly, it's unrealistic to expect people to be resilient if their teachers, who constitute a primary source of the role models, do not demonstrate resilient qualities. Welcome to this episode. Why don't I know how to lose things? I know how to gain things, but I don't know how to lose things. As I mentioned in episode one, we live in a grief-phobic and grief-illiterate society. And this appears to be by design, and we may be affected by intergenerational grief. Our ancestors didn't have great tools for grieving, and these inept tools have been passed down through the generations. And we're not here to throw our ancestors under the bus. But this emotional damage the unresolved grief has caused has affected us. Over the last 35 years, the Grief Recovery Institute, receiving hundreds of thousands of messages, have dissected them and summarized this into six myths that we have grown up with. And I'll go through each of the myths one by one. The first one is, don't feel bad. So a child comes home from school and says to their parents, the kids at school were mean to me today, and I feel so sad. And the parent says, don't feel bad, here's a cookie. This sets up the child to soothe the feeling with food, and they carry this practice on into their adulthood. And when they eat the cookie, the sugar kicks in, and they forget about the emotion they had. It gets kind of buried in their little teeny tiny can of worms, and they move on. And they start to realize that the world doesn't want them to feel bad. And so when they feel bad, their condition is to maybe get something to eat and not have that feeling. And then fast forward a bit and their dog or their parent or their grandparent dies. And their body and mind and soul want to feel sad, but they're conditioned to not feel sad. And later on in life, they may soothe with things other than food, maybe drugs, alcohol, gambling, unhealthy sex. You could just imagine the things that we soothe with as adults. So you can just see the damage that this can uh, have on us as we grow up. And there was a study done that children, by the time they're 15, have heard 23,000 inputs that tell them to not feel bad. So take a moment now. Were you ever told to not feel bad? The second myth is replace the loss. And here we're taught it's okay to replace a loss and sometimes replace it pretty quickly. The family dog dies on Friday. Saturday morning, the family goes out and gets a new puppy. Well, nobody's dealt with the, the, the older dog that died. And maybe that dog ate your slippers a couple of days ago and you were mad at them. So that's your last feeling you had about your dog. And you have to come to terms with that before this new puppy shows up. Or you're dating as a teenager and you have a breakup and it devastates you. Your heart is so wounded and someone tells you, don't feel bad. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And what they're saying is go replace the loss. And later on, your grandparent dies and you realize I can't replace that loss. So have you ever been taught to replace your loss? Because what can happen when we're adults is if we're taught to replace loss quickly, 
we break up with another adult, we rebound, meet someone else and marry them, and we really know how that turns out. So replace the loss is the second myth. Now the third myth is grieve alone. I'll say these two sentences and you finish it. Laugh and the whole world laughs with you. Cry and you cry. Right. Most of us will say alone because that's what we're taught. We've observed or learned as a child, don't cry in front of people. If you're going to cry, you go to your room. If you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. So these kind of things set us up for later on that we don't know how to grieve. And whenever we feel sadness, we don't show it in public. We basically put on our mask, right? Or you go in your room to grieve. You can't grieve in public. So let's take a moment now. Did you ever have the feeling of that you were supposed to grieve alone when you were sad? Now, the fourth myth is just give it time. Time heals all wounds. So we're taught this as a youngster, but time doesn't heal most of the wounds from grief and grieving. What you need are some corrective steps that you have to learn. And you do those while time passes. So when we have those corrective actions and we take the time to follow through on them, we can grieve properly. But just giving it time is like having a flat tire on your car, setting your lawn chair beside it and watch your tire and over time, it'll fix itself. No, it doesn't. So were you ever taught that time heals all wounds? The fifth myth, be strong. Be strong for others. This can be a devastating myth because when you or I are at our weakest, lowest point, and I explained in episode one how weak and how low you can be, and you have to put on a facade, you have to pretend you're strong. Sometimes that'll keep you locked in your room because you can't. You just can't do it. Or if you do do it, you're denying yourself the reality of your true feelings. So there I am in deep grief with the loss of my loved one and I'm expected to be strong when I may be at the weakest emotional point I've ever been in my whole life. It's cruel. So what the Grief Recovery Institute says, you can be one of two things. You can either be human or strong. Pick one. So in order to be human, you have to tell the truth. And you have to feel what you feel when you feel it to help you deal with your grief. And we'll touch on this later in other podcasts as well. So were you ever told to be strong? Yeah. The sixth myth, just stay busy. Well, I've been there and I've done that and I got the t-shirt. And the thing is, all just staying busy does is exhaust you. And your wounded heart is still wounded at the end of a busy day. You rob yourself of space in your day to face what was facing you in your present moment. So if I was so busy today, I couldn't deal with actual emotions as they arose, then they're stuck somewhere in my can of worms. As they arrive, I push them down. And if I stay busy, I won't have to think about anything. Well, you can stay busy the rest of your life and you could die with a full can of worms and you never dealt with it. You've carried this mask on because you stayed busy and you didn't have to deal with any of your emotions. So look at your calendar and, and don't, be, don't be mean on yourself, but just do an analysis. 
Are you just staying busy or do you have space in your calendar for things like present moment emotions, etc.? So those are the six myths. Don't feel bad. Replace the loss. Grieve alone. Just give it time. Be strong. Be strong for others. And just stay busy. I experienced all six of these myths and were the, were the foundation to why I didn't know how to lose things. And 24 years ago, when I was widowed for the first time, I absolutely didn't know what to do. So what about you? When you've had significant losses, have you been comfortable and knew how to deal with the losses? If not, welcome to the Feel It to Heal It movement. And as you know, the best way out of this pain is through this pain. And maybe we need to flip these myths over and teach ourselves the reverse of these myths so that we can build and live a healthy grief recovery journey. So let's look at myth one. Don't feel bad. The reverse is feel what you feel when you feel it. No more wearing masks. And we get to live with emotional freedom. Next, replace the loss. The reverse of that is take the time to discover unresolved things around that loss and bring closure to those things so you can release the pain and suffering and keep the fond memories. And this will allow you to be more wholehearted when you make a decision to move forward. The third myth, grieve alone. The reverse is don't grieve alone. And maybe find yourself one or a couple of family or friend members who can go on your journey. They can witness you. They can learn that you're not broken, you're stuck. You don't need to be fixed. You just need to be witnessed. And maybe they could follow these podcast episodes. And in fact, episode number three is geared towards teaching friends and family members how to walk the journey with you. Last year, I started surrounding myself with many, many people to witness my journey. Friends, family members, over 80 basketball players. And they said they had my back. And so I had I had a whole community recognizing that I was hurt and I was hurting and it was okay. And none of them tried to fix me. Fourth myth, just give it time. Time heals all wounds. The reverse is, learn some small corrective steps to use while time passes. Like taking the grief recovery workshop and follow the do-it-yourself steps that are in this podcast. And having all that information, it still needs time. So you could gain all the information in two months. It doesn't mean you're you're in a healthy grief spot after two months. You could be spiraling upward, which is good. But you need to relive some of those very difficult traditions once or maybe more than once. So it takes time and corrective steps. Now the fifth myth, be strong. Be strong for others. And the reverse is be yourself. Practice emotional freedom and be who you are in the present moment. It's not healthy to have a room full of grievers all pretending they're strong for each other when none of them are strong. It's just the facade that we have been taught to do. And again, undoing this myth is very important. 
And you may have to show a little vulnerability. Have a tear in your eye in public. Or tell somebody about a, a deep grief morning you had, even though in the afternoon you're fine. That way you, you aren't strong the whole time. And people get to recognize true grieving. The sixth myth, just stay busy. The reverse is don't continually overbook yourself. Leave room for personal growth and reflection time as grief presents itself. I'll give you an example. Last Christmas, I knew it would be sweet and sour. So before Christmas arrived, I moved any activity out of that window that wasn't pertinent to the vacation and the holiday season. So I had lots of room in my calendar for present moment as is things. And actually, the Christmas was more miserable than I thought it would be. But I was fine because when the misery arrived, I had the space to deal with it. And nothing went into my can of worms, even though it was a very sweet yet very, very sour uh, couple of weeks. So that's what not staying busy does for you. And again, it's quite an easy thing for you to do. Is just look at your calendar over the last month and the next two months. And do you have space in there for being I know we have space for doing, but do we have space for being? So, the simple thing here is to say, reverse what you learned as a child. And that's not so easy because we're also told not to touch a hot stove. So we don't want to reverse everything. But I think we have to give ourselves permission to challenge some of that conventional thinking. The, The fear of grief and grieving, the way it was brought to us by our ancestors, again, We're not being mean to our ancestors. They did their very best. And we may even have passed some of these myths on to our children and grandchildren. So now it's time to pause and reflect and maybe change how you think, how you feel, and how you act. Now, if you're into reading, there's a good book called The Four Agreements, The Toltec Philosophy. And this book complements what Christopher Day said in the opening quote. And in this book you learn to challenge the things you were taught as a child. Now, this is such an important episode that I want to end it with another important and relevant quote. David R. Cope once said, As a culture, we are unconsciously taught not to feel, for feeling exposes parts of ourselves we compulsively hide, our dark side, that if revealed would be our certain demise, Yet if if we as a culture were taught the opposite, the feelings were just an opportunity for self-discovery, we would transcend pain, unhappiness, disease, and malice. For the root of suffering is not life, but our incapacity to feel. Feeling is freedom, freedom from the burdens of not feeling, life unbridled. So thank you for witnessing this episode and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.